All right. So as Laura was just mentioning, it is, it is a common premise, isn't it, that Christians trust God. Right? And you sitting here, you know that. For those of you watching at home, you know that as well. You know that as a follower of Jesus, you should trust God in any and every circumstance. You know that. What I want to address today, and that Laura mentioned a moment ago, is what do you do when you don't feel like trusting God? You ever have those moments? What do you do when you don't feel like trusting God because you're too worried to trust God? Or you're too afraid to trust God? Or you're too stubborn to trust God? Or maybe you're just tired and you're wiped out. How do you trust God when you don't feel like trusting God? How do you do what David says in Psalm 62, verse 8, when he says this? He says, trust in God at all times. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David says, trust God all the time. But what do you do when you don't feel like that? Well, the good news is that God's word is filled with guidance for us. And what I would like to do today is look at some of those insights that we can just take right out of the Bible and that I think will help us. Help us to trust God even in those times when we just don't feel like it. And the first insight when you don't feel like God is just to remember that trust is not an emotion. What does that mean? It means that even if you don't feel like trusting God, it doesn't change the fact that God is trustworthy because trust is not an emotion. It is not a feeling. It is an action. So again, no matter how you may be feeling toward God, it has no bearing on the fact that God has been and always will be completely trustworthy. It's just who he is. It's kind of like gravity. No matter how you might feel about gravity, right? You know, gravity always works. No matter how you may be feeling about trusting God, God is always trustworthy. The day before Jesus was nailed to the cross, he gathered his disciples together and he talked about the difference between trust and emotion. And he says this in John 14, verse 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. See, Jesus, he knows, he just told his disciples he's going to be beaten and nailed to a cross. So he knows they're going to be upset by all of that. They're going to be wigged out by that. So he wants them to understand that, he does, that they shouldn't let their emotions overwhelm them or take control of them, but that they can trust him no matter how they might be feeling. Why? Because Trust isn't an emotion. It's an action. Second insight, when you don't feel like trusting God, is to focus on God's love. So no matter how you may be feeling or what you may be facing, you can always know that God will always, always, always love you. In Ephesians 3, Paul says this. He says, I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So no matter what you are wrestling with, no matter how far you may feel like you've drifted away from God because of your sin, Jesus still loves you. 
Now, you can reject his love. You can. And some people do. But it doesn't change the fact that just as God is trustworthy, God is also a loving God. And he will continue to love you. He's got a no matter what kind of love for you. A love that will be they will never end. It is unconditional, and it will never end. And, and it's important to remember that, because there may be times, or there maybe was a time, when you made a bad choice, and it just, it messed up your life. And maybe you are so ashamed of what happened that you don't feel like you can trust God to love you, at least not until you first get your act together and, and get your life back on track. But that's backwards. In fact, I would argue that's the time when you really do need to trust in God's love for you, to focus on his love. Because remember, God's not out to blame you. He's out to love you and forgive you and spend eternity with you. It's just who he is. He loves you and he proved it in Jesus, right? Right? You know, Jesus died so as to pay for all of those messes, all of those mistakes that you've made. Okay, right? The big ones and the little ones, the ones that everybody knows about, the ones that nobody else knows about. Jesus died on a cross so that by believing in him, all of your screw-ups, all of your failures, all of your acts of disobedience could be erased. Jesus died so that by God's grace, your heart could be washed clean. So, when you don't feel like trusting God, let me just challenge you. In those moments, don't just remember that God is trustworthy, that it's not just an emotion, it's an action, trusting. But that God's love for you doesn't change. Whether you trust him or not, or feel like trusting him or not, God will always love you. Focus on his love. Third insight when you don't feel like trusting God is to set your heart on things that are real. So set your heart on the promises uh, that are found in God's word, right? Because those are real. Set your heart on the fact that God is at work in your life, uh, that he is building your character, that he's got a plan for your life, and it's a great plan. Those are real. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So Paul is saying, set your heart on your eternity with Jesus in heaven, because that's real. And notice what this verse says. It says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And while Jesus is in heaven as our king of the universe, he is ruling, what else is Jesus doing while he is seated at the right hand of God? In Romans 8, we're told. Paul goes on, he says this, he says in, in Romans 8, Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Wow, Jesus is interceding for you. He's praying for you. Guess what? That's real too. So set your heart on things that are real. And here's why I'm pushing this idea. There are times when what you feel isn't always what is real. And you've had this happen. You just may not always recognize it. Like, for example, you may feel like everybody at school or everybody at work is talking about you. When the truth is, they haven't thought about you for days, right? Sorry, you're not all that. But sometimes you may feel like the car that just cut, off, cut you off in traffic, that they did that on purpose, doggone it. Well, the truth is, they're playing on their phone. They didn't even know you were there. So what you feel doesn't always match up with what is real. And here's, here's my point. When you don't 
feel like trusting God. Focus on what is real, right? In those moments, focus on what's real. What's real? God's love for you, his forgiveness and his grace, eternity with him in heaven, the plan that he's got for your life. Set your heart on things that are real. A fourth insight, though, when you don't feel like trusting God, and this is just a simple fact, whatever you're facing, don't face it alone. Whatever you are facing, don't face it alone. If you're carrying some kind of heavy burden, you don't want to carry it alone. You are not designed to do that. And let me just illustrate that for you. Up front here, I have a 50-pound kettlebell. Yes, it is that heavy. It's heavier than a small child, probably ever than you, buddy. It is heavy. I also have a string. Okay, now I'm just going to pretend that this string, let's just imagine this string represents your life. And then let's just imagine you've got this heavy burden you're carrying around with you. You're struggling with it, but boy, you're hanging on to it as best as you can. And you know you should probably ask for help, but doggone it, you're not going to trust, you just don't feel like trusting God with this. You think, I got this. So you come up with this plan to handle your problem, and you've got it all worked out. You've got you know, everything figured out. You're going to give it your best shot, and so you, you give it a good tug. Oh, obviously, you aren't enough. God never designed you to be enough. I didn't even get off the ground. But when you take a single string, and you add maybe one, two, or three others, that's enough. And, and as you sit here, and as you're watching from home, okay, you may feel like right now, this is your faith. This is all the faith you got left, right? And, and you might be thinking, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And to be honest, you may not. Not on your own. But... When you take your faith and the faith of somebody else and maybe another two people and you ask them, you say, I got this situation that I'm working through and it's hard, it's difficult, I can't do it on my own. And they start praying for you and they start supporting you and encouraging. You'll be amazed at the strength that God gives you through those other people. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says... Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When you don't feel like trusting God, it's in those moments that you don't want to play Lone Ranger because the results are usually not good. Instead, you lean on the, the strength and the help and the support and the prayers of a few other people. Now, at the beginning of my message, I don't know if you recall this, but I shared some of the more common reasons why sometimes you don't feel like trusting God, right? It's because you're worried, or you're afraid, or you're stubborn, or you're tired. And, and in the time that I got left, I want to work through those kind of quickly. But then I also want to show, I want to share with you a prescription or a remedy for each, okay? So what do you do when you don't feel like trusting God because, well, you're too worried, what do you do when you're stressed out? I mean, you're just, you're, you are so anxious, you're, you're, you're so worried, you know you should trust God, but you also kind of want to take things into your own hands, take matters into your own hands. What's the prescription there? 
The remedy is very basic and, and pretty simple, and you've all heard it before, but the remedy is simply pray. Pray. When you don't feel like trusting God because you're too worried, that's the time that you go and talk to God about it. You know, this, just the last couple of weeks, we've been working through the book of Philippians. And a couple of weeks ago, we looked at this verse from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, where Paul says, Do not worry, be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So instead of worrying, you bring to God your concerns. You, you just say, God... I'm feeling stressed out about this. I'm losing sleep over this. But I'm going to turn this worry into a prayer, Lord, and here you go. I'm going to trust you to handle it. There you go. That's the remedy. When you don't feel like trusting God because you're worried and stressed out, pray. Okay, but what if you don't feel like trusting God because you're too afraid? And fear is real. Don't get me wrong, all right? we face real fear. Some of you uh, may be facing the fear of paying all your bills because you've lost your job because of the pandemic. Others of you may be fearful of getting COVID-19 or maybe you're fearful for the health of your loved ones. Yet there's all kinds of fears that exist out there. The thing about fear is that when fear strikes, it leaves you feeling trapped, right? Feels like there's no way out. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's a story of when Moses was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. And they were traveling along, and, and they stop because they get to the edge of the Red Sea. Okay, they're on the beach of an ocean. It's a lot of water. But they're afraid. You know why they're afraid, right? Who's on their, who's on their tails? The Egyptian army. And they're looking ahead, and they say, we don't have any boats. We're in trouble. They're feeling trapped. There's no way out. They're scared. So Moses says this in Exodus 14, 13. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Moses tells everybody, okay, guys, just simmer down, stay put, and let's watch and see what God has to do, what he's going to do next. And that sounds like a really good answer from Moses. But it's not God's plan. And how do we know that? Because two verses later, God says this to Moses. He says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And that leads me to the second prescription, the second remedy. When you don't feel like trusting God because you're, you're afraid, the, the second prescription is get moving. Don't let that fear get you stuck or, or hung up and like, oh, I can't do anything. I'm not going to do anything. Get moving. Now, understand, those two words do not mean that now it's all up to you, okay? It's up to your strength, it's up to your power to do whatever needs to be done. No, 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 no. God wasn't, did not mean that. When God told Moses, tell the Israelites to move on, he's telling them, keep moving toward the ocean. Keep moving. He said, I want them to step in the direction where they have to trust that I'm going to act in their behalf. Oh. So when you don't feel like trusting God because you're afraid, get moving. And actually that leads me to the second half of this prescription. Get moving in the direction of what only God can do. So remember, when you're afraid and you feel like you're, you're, you're trapped, 
Okay, do not get stuck. Don't get hung up on the fact of what you, you can't do. Instead, step toward what only God can do in your behalf. Now, I don't know what that step is for you, okay? You all have different areas where you need to step in, in, in faith in a direction where God is going to act in your behalf. And, and, and you don't want to step because you're afraid. And maybe that step is acting with integrity. Maybe it's acting with integrity at, in your classroom or at your, your office when nobody else seems to be doing that. Maybe it's a step where you, you offer forgiveness and let go of a hurt that you've been holding on to. Or maybe it's, it's a step where you love somebody who's been kind of unlovable, really unlovable. Maybe it's a step where you, you, um, you, maybe it's a step where you go in a direction where you trust God to, to handle um, the situation that, that only you know he can handle. Maybe it's, it's, um, it's asking God, it's taking that step to, to love somebody, to help serve your neighbor, or maybe tell them about the Jesus that you know. See, all of those things can leave you afraid, right? And, and God says, get moving. Step in that direction. So, so when, you don't feel, when you don't feel like trusting God, get moving. Get moving in the direction of what only God can do for you. Trust him. Trust him. But what about those times when you don't feel like trusting him because you are too stubborn? What about those times? What about those times when you know that this is what God, this is how God wants you to live. He wants you to do this. He wants you to live this way because it's the best way. It's, it's his, you know, according to his wisdom, it's going to bless you. But you decide you want to go this way. You want to go your way instead. Then what happens? What, what happens when you go this direction and you decide to go in this direction? It all blows up in your face and it impacts not just you, but the people around you that you care about and it's all your fault. Well, if you're like me and most of the world, you don't want to admit that, right? You don't want to admit that God was right. You don't want to admit that your spouse, who agreed with God, was right. Don't want to do that. So what do you do? You get all stubborn, don't you, right? You dig in your heels, and you're like, I ain't happen, I ain't going to trust God, I'm not going to do this, I'm not. So, so what's the remedy, what's the prescription for that, for that kind of an attitude? Well, let me talk about yet another, uh, let me talk about another story in the Old Testament. Um, this is a guy by the name of Naaman. Naaman is the commander of a large army. It's a foreign country, so it's not the Israelites. It's a foreign country, huge army, and Naaman's got a problem. He's got leprosy. He's dying. Naaman also has a servant girl from Israel. And one day this servant girl from Israel goes to her master, to Naaman, and she says this in 2 Kings 5. She says, if only my master would see the prophet Elisha, who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So guess what Naaman does? He packs his bags, and he hops on his camel, and he heads over to Israel. And he shows up at the door of Elisha's house, and he's knocking on the door, and a servant comes to the door, and the servant tells Naaman, he says, go wash yourself in seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Wow, good news, right? Simple directions, can't get much easier than that. But Naaman is furious, because Naaman thinks he's all that, 
that he's bigger than life. He's this commander of this big army. He's traveled all the way to Israel, and Elisha isn't even coming to the door to say, hi, are you kidding me? And then he tells me to go wash in this dirty little creek, the Jordan River. This, you, I, he was heading home in a huff. He was being stubborn. But thankfully, Naaman had a couple of other servants. And, and I, I wish all of us had friends like this. Because these other servants, they, they had an honest moment with Naaman. And in, and in verse 13, they say, you know, Naaman, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So thankfully, Naaman listens to the voices of those servants. He, he, they break through his stubbornness, and he's cleaned. He's healed. So, so here's where I'm going with this. When you don't feel like trusting God because you're being stubborn, there are times when you need to listen to a voice as well. Listen and specifically to God's voice. In Hebrews 3, it says, if you hear God's voice today, don't be stubborn. Right? Don't be stubborn. And that leads me to the third prescription. Okay? And, and, and it's very simple. Hear God's voice. Just like Naaman needed to listen to the voice of those servants so as to break through his stubborn pride, there are going to be times when you are going to need to hear God's voice to break through your stubbornness. So you hear God's voice where? In his word, certainly. But also hear God's voice as he speaks to you through family members and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. Hear God's voice as he speaks directly to you through the Holy Spirit. Hear God's voice. Okay, but what if you don't feel like trusting God because you're too tired? And that can happen, right? Where you just, you want to trust God. You know you should trust God, but you just, you just don't have it in you. Because of the circumstances, you're just, you're tapped out. You're, you're just completely, you're gassed, you're exhausted. You want to trust God, but like the psalmist in Psalm 143, you say, I have given up all hope and I feel numb all over. That's how you feel. So what do you do when you don't feel like trusting God because you're just too tired, you're too wiped out? Well, there's this beautiful, this incredible promise that Jesus gives in Matthew 11, verse 28. Look at this. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Isn't that amazing? And from that, we learn our fourth prescription, fourth remedy for when you don't feel like trusting God because you're just wiped out, and it's draw near. When you don't feel like trusting God because you're tired and you're exhausted, draw near to God and he will give you rest. And for some of you sitting here today, for those of you who might be watching from home, maybe you need to draw near to God for the first time. The first time. Yeah, you heard me. I mean, you may, be of, you may have been coming to this church uh, for years. Maybe you've been watching for months. And that's great. You know about Jesus, okay? That's fine but all you have is this knowledge about Jesus. You don't have this relationship with Jesus, and there's a big difference. You don't have a relationship, not really. Not where you, you, you talk to God throughout the day, every day about just you know, stuff in prayer. Or where you connect with God each day and, and you just you talk, letting him talk to you through his word. And then you, you, you follow what his word says. You follow that wisdom. So you know about Jesus, but you don't really have a relationship with him. Well, the good news, the good news is that even then, even, even today, it's not too late, right? And like Naaman, there is nothing you need to do, nothing. 
Hey, you, in the spirit's power, you just believe. You trust. You trust. You trust that Jesus has already done for you the greatest thing. He has already done the greatest thing for you by dying on the cross and earning your forgiveness. You, you trust that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross has covered all of your sin and he's established a relationship with God that is forever. It's all about trust. Okay, trust is what is behind you drawing near to Jesus every day, relying on his strength every day. It's all about trust. It's when you go to Jesus and you say, Jesus, these are my feelings I've got right now, or this is the situation I'm facing right now, or this is the relationship I'm involved in right now, or these are the bad habits I'm wrestling with right now, or here's the financial decision I've got weighing me down right now, and I don't feel like trusting you right now. So help me. And he will. He will. You draw near to Jesus in those times. And you say, help me. And then you can trust that he will because he is trustworthy. What an amazing God, huh? Yeah, amen. So let me just challenge you in a couple of ways this week. Okay, first thing I'm going to challenge you this week today is to connect with God by focusing on what is real. Take some time this week and just focus on the stuff that you know is real. What's real? God's love, God's forgiveness, eternal life, his plan for you, his blessings. Those are real. Focus on what's real. Number two, identify two or three others who can reinforce your faith. Instead of playing the Lone Ranger role, Go through life with a couple of other people who are going to be able to be there to support you and pray for you and encourage you. Identify two or three people this week who you can say, hey, would you just you know, be there for me, hold me accountable, pray for me. Third thing, learn the four prescriptions. Remember what those are? No, neither did I, so I had to write them down. But it's pray, get moving, hear God's voice, and then draw near. Actually, I, I do remember them. But it's, learn them. That's why I want you to learn them. Because God is still at work. He is still at work in your life. He still is. He's still there. And <clears throat> I know there are times when you may not feel like trusting God because you're too worried or you're too afraid or you're too stubborn or you're too tired. But God is still there. He's, he's at work. He's guiding you. He's loving you. He's, he's directing you and he's blessing you. Why? Because we have a God who is trustworthy. So would you pray with me, please? Let's pray. Lord, I want to trust in you. Uh, we, we all want to trust in you and not in our feelings. So when we are worried, give us faith to pray. When we are afraid, give us faith to take that next step and move in the direction that you want us to go. And when we're stubborn, Lord, give us faith to hear your voice and listen to it. And when we're tired, Give us the faith to draw near to you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us today. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen.